Good evening, everyone. Um, this is John Day here with the Weekday Bugle. Um, it's been, I think it's um, day seven of the invasion of Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so far, one million refugees have fled Ukraine. No one will ever forget what Vladimir Putin decided to do. That he thought he could shake the very foundations of the free world, but. We have yet to see what the what what the full force of Russia's army can do to Ukraine. To Ukraine now, I know they're holding off very well, but I heard reports of um, there was a picture that's been going around recently of um, Belarusian President Alexander um, Lukashenko. Now, per- forgive me if I pronounced it wrong. Um, this man is often um, described as the last true dictator in Europe. The last. Um, true European dictator, um, and Belarus is just north to the north of Ukraine and to, just to the west of Russia. Now, Belarus is a key Russian ally, um, and 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 um, Lukashenko is very close to Putin. Um, he's right in Putin's back pocket. Belarus is technically part of Russia, but not necessarily not officially anyway, but. Um, Belarus is technically a Russian satellite state, um, and Putin has transformed it, and basically Minsk is nothing but an expansion of Moscow, pretty much. And so far, a million refugees have fled Ukraine so far, and the situation is getting worse, and um, they continue to use vacuum bombs and other weapons prohibited by the Geneva um, Convention. And they're breaking the laws of war, and they're committing crimes against humanity by killing, by targeting innocent civilians. And they've continued; they've increased these horrendous crimes against humanity for days now. They've continued these attacks to try and um, get the Ukrainian people to submit to Russian rule, and to submit and to submit. And um, I've I also heard that um, the Ukrainian army has been almost completely annihilated. And the citizens of Ukraine um, are now the only are now the only real army in Ukraine. And that was according to a tweet that one that was that went out a couple of hours ago. That I, I read about it earlier, but I can't seem to can't seem to find the tweet as of right now. I'm trying to look for it, but they said that um. The people of Ukraine are the re- are the only real army now to face off against the Russians. So it seems like the army has been almost completely wiped out, and the citizens are making their own provisional army to protect the city and the and some of the place and some other places. And the Russians have captured the city of Kherson. And um, if I can find a map. Then I could tell you where 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 Kirsten is, if it's updated or not. Take a look. Might take a moment. Yeah, so far the Russians have been attacking Sumy, which is still in Ukrainian hands, but almost in Russian hands. They've been attacking Sumy pretty hard. They've been attacking Arcura. Sorry, I can't really say it. That's more like the, that's more like the northeast, the northwest, the northeastern part of Ukraine. Not at, not in the Donbass region though. I'm trying to figure out where uh, Kyrgyzstan is. It's captured Chernobyl. Now that's that's way behind Russian lines at this moment. They're pushing down the Dnieper um, towards Kiev, which they're doing that so far, and they've been they've been shelling the place all over the. They've been shelling the entire country, and they've been sh- they've even been shelling the western parts of the country too, which is which is pretty bad. Now everyone's been saying that um, should Kiev fall, they would remove they would move the capital to Lviv. And I'm looking at this map, and it's a pretty detailed map, but I can't quite. So yeah, the Russians—they just ca- today they just captured on uh, the the town of uh, Kherson. So they're they're continuing to push through the south, 
That's part of the strategy. They're trying to attack Michael, Michael, Michael Live, which I can't really say these names because it's foreign to me, so forgive me if I'm saying the names wrong. Of course, they got Crimea. They got that a long time ago, back in 2014. And, of course, how many of you are saying, he's saying, yeah, sure, sure, Log, but... Of course, so they're pushing up through the south. They, they're trying to take uh, Medipol, and... They got. They they're trying to capture Maripol, so it's bad situation there down in Maripol, which is a port city, and it's a very vital place because if they take the Maripol, um, then they can cut off uh, Ukrainian access to the Sea of Azov. Which if they do that, they can then start building a fleet, and they can try and take control of um, the sea. And they and and they've already got Kerch, and they could um, link up with the Russian separatists. In the east, which is pretty bad, they could look link up with Lugansk and Donetsk if they take Maripol. Which uh, so at this point, Maripol is pretty much a small little enclave of Ukrainian um, control, and it's all surrounded by Russia. At, at, at this point, it's all surrounded by Russian forces. So I don't think they're going to last much longer. A very unfortunate situation with them. They ca and they're trying to capture Kharkiv. They're still working on it. But Kurt, but Kirsten has fallen, and Kiev um, still has yet to fall. Which there's there, the, the, the citizens of Kiev are holding off pretty well against the Russians so far. But like like we like we've been reporting, like I've been reporting for the past day or two, the Russian convoys still coming to Kiev, and they said it's only my, just miles outside the city, and it's. It's a bad situation, really. Russian fighter jets violate Swedish airspace. And, and a lot of NATO countries, speaking of airspace, a lot of NATO countries have been um, putting putting uh, no-fly zones. And they, they've been putting Russian Russian um, aircraft on the no-fly list in many NATO, many NATO and allied countries. And President Biden last night at the State of the Union address, which I'll get to that later, um, announced that he would be putting out a no-fly zone over the United States for Russian aircraft. And he also said that he was going to um, um, get Merrick Garland with the um, Department of Defense, or the Department, Department of Justice as well, to um, have, a, have an initiative to go and capture the, um, capture the private property of Russian oligarchs, which are, were working closely in league with Putin. Which, are, which is um, some of the source of his money, but in reality, what he should have said, uh, he should have mentioned how he shut down oil production here in America, and he's been begging OPEC, Russia, and um, other foreign nations for oil when we could be making it here. That's where we're really going to be hitting Putin in the gut, is if we start making our own oil, then we quit begging everybody else, because that will take, that will deliver another blow to the economy in Russia, if we do that, and that, that, that's one of the biggest ways we can hit Putin, uh, really, um, right, right there where he needs to be hit, if, if we start making our own oil, this is one of the biggest ways we can hit him other than sanctions, um, without intervening with the military, which is the last, that, 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 that's the last, that, I'm sure that's one of Biden's last resorts is the military, because that's the one place, that's what, we do not need to do that, unless, unless Russia attacks NATO, then that's, then, then Biden's going to go on all guns blazing, and, and of course, you can really hope, and if that does happen, you can try and hope and pray that they, that Congress doesn't institute the draft, because, That'll send a lot of people out to fight, but it won't be me because I'm because I can file for medical exemption very easily. But things will get very things are going to be getting very ugly in the next couple of weeks. I could expect, and I think we could all expect that. But now, some of you who may have watched the State of the Union address last night are probably reeling in your chairs. And then you were probably sitting there plugging your noses last night saying, it really stink. It must really stink in there with all the lies Joe's been telling. He started, he's so, he's, so Joe's trying to revive his Build Back Better agenda, much to the ire of Joe Manchin, who was, who was sitting in there and the, the camera panned in on Manchin, of course, when they started talking about all the, um, 
the, the liberal stuff that had failed and build back better. And it seems like Biden kept talking more build back better, but he didn't say build back better. So I guess it sounds like he's trying to lay out another plan to do more of the liberal laundry list that his party's been giving him to do some for laundry. And he's still getting back on um the he 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 um talked about his infrastructure bill who how how well it worked. Some say only nine percent of that bill was for infrastructure, but I digress. I can't really verify that, but perhaps that was true. Who knows? And then he talked about his COVID relief bill, and the one thing he kept going on about for almost the whole speech was made in America, American made. Made in America, we need to go all American. Now, I'm all for that. I like that I like that a lot. But what he needed to do, like I said, was increase oil production here in America. That's the one thing we've all been saying and telling him to do. He needs to quit letting he needs to quit having AOC and Ilhan Omar and Tlaib and all the um and all the radical um, progressive squad members walk all over him. They've really been pressuring people as of late. Like how they just uh, like how they've been pressuring um, Justice Breyer for years to retire from, so that way they can push another radical onto the bench, and that's what just happened. Which I'm hoping the new justice is up to the job to replace Breyer. I really hope she's up to the job and she's not there to um, put more progressive poison in the Supreme Court. But I really hope she's up to the job and she's um, not just there to advance an agenda. And she's ho- I hope I hope she's there. To actually do her job and do what she needs to do, but we have, and I wish her the best. Of, I, w- I wish Mrs. J- um, Judge um, J- Justice Jackson the best of um, luck. If should she get confirmed, and Biden seems to have had his picks now, so now all that needs to happen is they need to um, vote on her and see if she gets nominated. But we'll see what happens with that in the coming days and probably weeks. And I really hope her, I really wish her the best of luck, because she seems to come from a prestige law family, a law family of really good um, respect. Um, she comes from a family of lawyers and some police officers, so let's hope she holds her support for the police. And let's hope she tries to st- stay away from the defund the police movement. But... We'll see how that turns out after the midterms, because if the Democrats win the midterms, then I'm sure they'll turn back to putting more mask mandates in and start more of the defund the police um, alarming. They'll start sounding the defund the police alarm, and they'll and they'll call they'll call in more they'll call in more BLM riots. But we'll see how that goes. But if but if we win the midterms, um. Of course, I think Nancy Pelosi will probably retire. I think Nancy Pelosi will probably retire if the Republicans take back take back the House and the Senate. She'll probably retire, and we'll probably have some some other guy. We'll have some other guy go on sit on sit on where sit where Nancy Pelosi used to sit. But I'm hoping really we really do um, take take back the House and the Senate in the midterms. I really do. And if we do that, I'm sure that then only then the Democrats will finally leave COVID behind, finally. And as President Biden said, now more than ever, we have the tools that we need to defeat the virus. We've got vaccines, which, of course, again, he tried to steal credit from Trump for for putting the vaccines out in the first place. It's all credit. It should be credited to him. And of course, Joe's trying to take the credit, but maybe he's saying that because he thinks that he did more. But I digress. And he also finally, to my surprise, he mentioned um, antivirals and all kinds of other um, stuff, which I'm sure he also was. He made mention um, monoclonal antibodies. He he mentioned medicines other than the vaccine. He he mentioned other um, solutions other than the vaccine. So he put out he put out other solutions and. Uh, and he even um, gave out a link to the website to go um, so you can go ahead and order more tests if you need some. And of course, they've been giving out masks like candy as um, during this whole thing. And he finally stressed that we should finally leave the put the pandemic behind and put it and leave it in the rearview mirror. And I I would love to see I would love to see I well I would love to put that virus in the rearview mirror. In the rearview mirror, 
but I'm not sure how um, some others are going to be able to do that because a lot of a lot of people are probably going to have anxiety um, when you start having people get the flu and it's like, oh my God, do you have COVID? Are we all going to die? <laughs> I mean, I know it's not funny, but because don't, don't get me wrong, COVID-19 is a very nasty thing. I've, my, we've known people who have had it and some some of whom very close, I've almost died and some have. Now, and me personally, I don't know because I haven't had it and I pray that I don't get it. My mother does too. But, but none of us have had none of us have had it, so we haven't faced COVID, but mom, my mother my mother has seen her fair share of COVID anyway at the hospital she works at. She works at um quite a few of them now, but and she's seen, so she's seen what this virus can do. So she tells me a lot of what she tells me about what she goes through at work, and it's it doesn't sound very good at all. And I'm sure she probably will remember this time with um she'll probably she'll probably remember um she she won't remember this time very fondly at all. I'm sure none of us will. Everyone's hated the past two years. Everyone wants to get past COVID, and. I'm, I, I mean, I recommend that I, that people get vaccinated, but you do what, but I, but you all do you, do what your doctor says is right for you. Go take the medicines you need to take, and don't wait till. You, and if you got COVID, don't wait until your oxygen level is in like is in is in the eighties. If you got COVID, you need to go get treatment like ASAP. And once you wait until the once you wait till you're down into the eighties, then it's going to be pretty much a death sentence, and you get called into the hospital, and then you. Why and then of course they, once you get into the hospital, it's pretty much game over because they they got so many people they have some people they got so many people in the hospital beds they got to choose who which ones to take care of and they gotta hold you off for later, <laughs> and then it, so it's pretty much a gamble of the doctors about who they choose to take care of and who they don't take care of, and you know I've heard people saying that some of the um hospitals are um letting the unvaccinated patients get cared for last. Of course, some say it's a it's a matter of medical discrimination, and they're just letting them die because of their choices. But I think all should, all people should be getting cared for. I don't wish death of, I don't wish death or harm upon anybody, especially um, being discriminated against for their choices or the color of their skin or anything like that. I'm not I'm not for any of that. It's messed up. But COVID nineteen is a serious thing. But again, it's been two years. The cases have gone down dramatically, and as you saw at the State of the Union address, it seems like people want to put the put the pandemic in the rearview mirror. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure most of the, and most of the states have started to um, end their um, mandates, vaccine mandates, mask mandates, all kinds of stuff. A lot of them started to lift the um, restrictions and stuff. A lot of people have started to shed the mask and throw it away. I'm proud, but. And especially, but but you know, in the democratic in the democratic run states, and these big these big liberal progressive cities, the ones with the high crime rates, the ones with the governor with the governors and the mayors who, who, um, kowtow to the squad. We all know why they're doing away with the mandates over there in those places, because there's midterms coming up. Democrats need support. That's why you see all these um these radicals in the and the usual leftist crowd, they're they're starting to ditch, um, defund the police. They're starting to ditch all that, and they're starting to throw it in the trash bin. But they're not throwing it in the trash bin. They're just sweeping it up in the dustbin for later. They're just, they're just putting it all in the box. For them. They're just going to box all that up for now, and then they're going to open up the box once um, they win the midterms. So right now, the Democrats are really in panic mode. Really, they're 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 panicking because they're afraid they're going to lose because they're. They're ter- when 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 the when when the Dems turn on the, t- the news in the morning and they see that and they see all these um polls saying that Biden's doing a horrible job but not many Americans approve of him, they they get scared, <laughs> and you can see why these um Democratic politicians and um the and, and the mayors and all and, and the other um government assists then the other the other government officials are. Um, getting rid of the mandates, and they're getting rid of all the defund the police talk, and they're saying, and they're starting out of nowhere. When they, when a lot of these people campaigned for BLM and Antifa back when they burned out, went back when they were started, went back when they were looting, burning, and committing crimes across this country, 
you know, with a few agitators who were ruining the protest and turning them from peaceful protest into violent protest, and which in turn turned into riots. And a lot of these um, democratic politicians and progressives, they cheered the, these riots. They they cheered all the, these riots on, almost as well. Where it was almost like an, an uh, a revolution of their own. <laughs> Except it didn't try to, except it except it didn't try to topple the government. They were just burn, burning things to intimidate people. And uh, I'm accepting their view. <laughs> I don't know why there's not a commission on that to investigate those riots and see who what was at the bottom of the riots and see who was connected, how they how the riot how did, how the protests go from protest to riot, how'd that happen? And yeah, I do agree they should be investigating January sixth. I agree. That should not have happened. It shouldn't have gotten that. It shouldn't have gone that far. That was... And I know when the far-right militias get involved, things get nasty. And the same thing goes for the far-left, like Antifa. And some cases, BLM. And yes, I understand. Some of them go peaceful protesting. I'm all for it. But, of course, I disagree with their view. But if it's peaceful protesting, it's protected by the Constitution and the amendments. They can protest peacefully, but if it gets violent, then the police have the right to crack down on it and um, de-escalate any violence that happens. And it's messed up how they literally, how um, these uh, these far left groups went out and literally had hit squads go out and attack police ca- police all over the country. And you've seen you, you've seen a lot of it, and you've seen a lot of criminals. And this is also why this crime wave is up. Not only because of the government, the government's inaction, the federal's and um, government's in, um, inaction on all this, and encouragement of these far left groups to go out and riot and pillage these cities and all that stuff. It's not just their them encouraging it. It's because these crim and, and these and these criminals who are perpetuating this crime wave. They are in spot. They get in spot. They got. They were inspired by all this. Stuff in the summer of 2020, especially in the big liberals in the progressive cities, in the big cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, Vegas, and um, both and Baltimore and all and whatnot, and these crazy and and um and um shoot, and let's not forget Kenosha. What happened there? There's a lot of places in this country that burned that that were ransacked. Got um were the were um Antifa and BLM staged raids and in, in, in the places they were busting and stealing stuff, and some and then some criminals and then some low life criminals get involved in these um far left movements just because not because maybe not because they're interested in the ideology but rather because they just want to use this as an excuse to go um pillage and do whatever crimes they want. And they and therefore they ruin the reputation of the movement and this is why BLM is so. Um, opposed by many and by by some in the country, because they allow these people to get within their ranks. They don't do bad background checks for you to be in the movement, and of course, you know they. You just have to agree with them. You know you don't have to join up or anything. It's not like it's a political action committee, but it's a far to me. To me, it's it, it's it was designated to help blacks, um, get make it better, make have the situation better in the country. It, that's what it was founded on, allegedly. By um, you can tell by the group. But if you want to and really investigate what BLM stands for, go right ahead. But you can take a look at the founders and the ex-leaders, um, the you know the ex-founders of this um organization. Because I don't think BLM has a central head anymore. Because um, Con Colors, um, she, um, Patrice Colors, um, she she left the movement just to um chill out and do have due time with their family but you know many of these folks that founded the movement were you know headed by were, were raised marxist and um were, were of course raised in the far left ways and many of them had connections to um former black panther um extremist and other far and other far left black power movements which had a lot of which had a lot of roots um Supported by the Soviet Union and I mean, many other communist countries and um, countries that are run by, um, you know, leftists, but and a lot, you know, and you know, and then other um, other extreme white communists like um, 
people that the people the folks that ran the weather underdom the weather underground now from forgive me if I said the name wrong. And Con Colors was allegedly um, mentored by the leader of that organization. And this is what um and she wrote she and I'm sure she writes about this a lot in some of her books that she's written. And I'm sure she's given shout outs and dedicated her books and um, podcasts to her mentor who indoctrinated her into the in, into the um into the socialist idea into the socialist um mindset and the and you know being sympathetic to communism which as um which and I quote um Vladimir Lenin once said um the goal um socialism is um the, the end goal of socialism is communism now I didn't say it word for word but I pretty much said what it meant I simplified it up, I, sim- I simplified it up for you all these movements all these people in the squad, they're all, they're, they're, the end game for them is communism. That's what they want to achieve. And you can see that by much of the stuff that they say about capitalism, how they want to wipe out the system, the system systematically racist. We got to do away with it. And they're using this, they're all using the systematically racist. They're using the race card. They're pulling the race card so that way they can implement the system of Marxism. And a lot of this Stuff about Marxism I come from um, comes from one of my um, great inspirations for this program that I for the podcast that I run, Mark Levin, and I I, I bought one of the number one selling conservative books in the country, and it's become a bestseller. And it's called American Marxism. Many of you conservatives that are listening to this show right now, many of these many many of you patriots, may or may not have read the book. Now I highly recommend it. I'm not even done with the book yet. And I know it was published months ago, but things have gotten a lot worse. And I would love Levin to, um, and I praise, I praise Mark Levin for his work. He truly, he truly seems to be, um, a shining light for many conservatives here in the country. Many true conservatives, not all the neocons that he speaks of. And he truly, he truly, he he seemed, and you know, in a way he seems like he's a loner kind of, you know. He says on the show a lot that he's the last Reaganite. And all this and that and the third. And then um, another book that I got called Beyond Biden by Newt Gingrich. I, um, you know, his book has a lot more of a um, positive tone to it. Because it gives him, the book kind of sends a message that you got to look forward. You know, don't look at all the bad things that have happened in the past um, during this administration. Look forward. See what, what, see what patriots can do to make the country better. And, and how, and you know, how... How to try and help us win back 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 Congress, and how to win back the presidency, and and whatnot. And he yeah, he highlights a lot of what um Biden aims to accomplish, what what Biden has so far tried to accomplish and failed, and what and um what and what may lie in store for the country. And you know it's got a more of a positive undertone because it encourages you to you know take off all that um take off all that stress that you're enduring with the taxes and take time to sit down and read my book and see what we can do um after Biden's out of the White House, which I really hope and pray that's very soon. Which I really hope and pray that that will be that that um that he will be that Trump will beat him in 2024 because a lot of people are talking about a Trump Biden rematch. And um, I would love to see that. And now there's a lot of rumors though going around that Hillary Clinton might try and throw her um, throw her hat in the ring. And we'll see about that um, because I don't think, um, unfortunately, it seems like Trump's plan to get to throw her to uh, expose her once again has failed in court because they just shot down Trump's attempt to um, try and get um, convict her on treason charge for Trump to try and expose her for treason. Um, for her whole um, Russia hoax thing, which the media still talks about these days, saying that he was in Putin's back pocket, even though I don't know why I laugh at those cartoons that accuse Trump of being a Putin puppet, but I don't know why I laugh at it, but I don't believe any of that crap, because now, the thing that Trump said about a week ago or so, about Putin's choice of invading Ukraine, a very smart and uh, bright idea, and, you know, saying that Putin's smart, he's savvy. Again, I don't know why Trump's flirting with Putin about, why why he's flirting around with Putin about his choice in Ukraine. Now, to me, I think Trump needs to brush up on his attitude on Putin. Because 
what because um if Trump isn't with our allies against Putin, then he's gonna get he he's gonna get thrown in the trash, and people are gonna start trashing him and go for DeSantis. Um, but Trump needs to start building on constructive criticism and try and um come toe the line. I I understand that 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 Trump is not about towing the party line of anyone. He he's his own kind of guy, but. But I don't think I, I. But I don't like him. I, I don't like it um, when he praises the man for what he's doing because what Vladimir Putin is doing is very evil. Is in extreme. Is extreme. Is beyond evil. He's 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 with the he's among the sick and the twisted people in this world for doing such awful things. And um, I'm still waiting for Trump to condemn the guy, but I don't think Trump will condemn Putin. I don't know. I don't know if the um, whole Russia hoax thing was true or not, because of course I didn't. I wasn't really into thing, uh, into all this stuff like I am now, and I don't. And I wasn't really around to observe the situation and see the whole conservative argument, the whole conservative Trump supporter argument. You know, other than denying that Trump had any involvement with Putin or that Putin didn't have any involvement, but. It seems like it seems, but it seems like Russia is trying to gain a huge stronghold in this you know, against everyone here in the world, and everyone says that they've been interfering in elections, trying to try trying to capture. But being that Putin has great skill at manipulating the elections back home in Russia, I'm seeing how skilled he is in knocking out opposition and um, silencing dissent. And um, making everyone love him with his, uh, and you know, I don't know why people, some people haven't pointed this out yet, but I think Putin's got a personality call, just like Stalin did. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I've seen on Core Digest, um, a lot of Russians say that you know, approval of Putin is high and all that stuff, and I can, I can clearly see because I almost like, almost like sixty some percent of the, um, um, the, the answers I read on Quora, um of, um, you know, Russian approval or disapproval um, of Putin, I see um, about a halfway mark on people on there that um, agree with Putin. It's like a, kind of a 50-50 about people who agree or disagree with Putin. But a lot of it, I think, is um, not due to free speech, but rather to brainwashing, because I'm pretty sure that Vladimir Putin's got a brainwashing program going on over there to have Russians think in his favor and, and whatnot. But it seems like Putin is truly trying to turn um, his country into the Soviet Union. He's trying to revive the country he loved. And um, let me remind you all, you know, the um, 100th year anniversary is coming up of the of the founding of the Soviet Union. So um, perhaps you guys could say that Putin did this in 2022 because, it's because of a coincidence. Maybe he's been planning this the whole time. So... Um, I started to look back if, you know, if Trump wasn't in office, none of that would have happened, none of the invasion would have happened. I started to look back on that with doubt. You know, I had that argument originally. But, you know, now that I see that, you know, Putin's got a big anniversary coming up and he wants to take out Ukraine and he wants to um, reestablish the Soviet Union while he still has time. And, by the way, he's starting to turn to the Chinese and trade with them. Like I said a few weeks ago, I, I predicted this was going to happen, that China was going to start... Um, trading with Russia, and they still have failed to condemn Russia at the United Nations Assembly um, just two days ago. Or no, just yesterday, I believe. And China fa has failed so far to um, to condemn Vladimir Putin's actions. And they, they said, we will continue to resolve the um, Russian operation you see how they use the word operation. They don't want to call it an invasion because they don't want to disappoint their friends in Moscow. And see, and they're opening a back door. They're trying to open the back door for Putin so that way he can trade with the Chinese so that way he can get the materials he needs so that way it's, uh, and get the money that he needs. So he's going to start... Um, he's um, China's going to start buying Russian-made products. And, of course, this is going to give more Putin more money. That because as of right now, Putin has made him and his country a pariah. Uh, Putin's a pariah as of right now, because it seems almost as if the whole world's turned against him. But let me remind you, Belarus is with Putin. Alexander Lukashenko is with Putin. He's right in his back pocket. He's just a bomb. Lukashenko at this point is just nothing but a puppet of the Kremlin, really. 
even though Lukashenko has been running the country, his own country for um, over 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 two decades almost already. And he truly is a dictator. He's been in power for over 20 years, almost 30. And it's really, it's crazy, really, how long he's been in power and how um, he's tried suppressing um, evidence that he rigged the elections in 2020 in, in Belarus. And, you know, they had, the from 2020 to 2021, they had, like, a protest. They had a whole bunch of protests against Lukashenko. And because he... Um, because of his, um, how crazy, how, you know, very, how very opposed he was to dissenters, and he, how he would, um, throw you in jail at the flip of a switch, if you, um, talk bad, if you talk smack about him, or if you say that he rigged the election, and it's about time that he goes, you know, because Belarus has been, I think Belarus has been, you know, ever since the fall of the Soviet Union, these countries were supposed to become democracies, and they were supposed to let go of their old Soviet legacies, but it seems like, Russia and Belarus can't seem to let go of their old um, Soviet overlords, and now it seems like Belarus um, seems like Lukashenko was bowing to his old overlords in Moscow, and it seems like Minsk has become nothing but an um, extension of Moscow, really. And it's become nothing but a poop bottom, but they're they're nothing now. He's full of nothing but Putin's lackeys, and and. Um, like I said earlier, um, the leader of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, um, was spotted um, um, uh, having a meeting, and apparently the, the, the um, an image got leaked of him giving a brief. There was a video and a link um, that uh, that was leaked of him getting a um, giving a briefing on um, a sit on on his next on his next plan, which I don't know why anyone would want to film that anyway, because now he just got exposed for. Now his potential plan just got exposed, and it seems like he's expecting the U.S. military to um, come in. And he's um, he's um, Lukashenko's got his eyes on Moldova, which um, and now forgive me if I pronounced it wrong, but Moldova was also a former Soviet republic, and it's just to the south of Ukraine, and he wants to invade that. Now let me remind you all, um, we have. Um, our military on the border, um, of Mold on the um, on the west on the eastern border of Moldova, um, that faces Ukraine. We got um troops on the border on on the western border of Ukraine to um try and um form like a defensive wall against any Russians who try to penetrate into NATO territory. So that's what we're trying to do. Now Lukashenko wants to move in and take Moldova. And so it seems like they're trying to eat up all former Soviet countries, is the plan. And so um, Lukashenko, we're we're expecting um, Lukashenko to move in on Ukraine and help Putin out. And it when and if they finish off um, Kiev and topple the government, then they will technically have control of all the government centers, and they will have control of um, the entirety of the country, and they will start. Um, Sending out more death squads to attack Ukrainians and attack um, the rest of the government, and so when the next in the, within the next couple of days, I'm expecting them the, the Russians and the and the Belarusians to make a push on on, on Kiev, and they're going to find. And I think I I, I don't I, I pray not, but it's it looks like they're going to try and finish them finish the government in Kiev off once and for all, and it seems like Putin's itching for a final showdown with Zelensky. Since, and he's probably very angry. Figures um, when he hears that his assassination, his assassination squad got killed and got foiled. He he sent a whole squad of Chechen fighters, and then he sent in some um, assassins from uh, four hundred assassins um, from from Africa, um, all getting paid by by the Kremlin. It's crazy. Sent in a whole squad of assassins, and then he sent in, sent in Chechen fighters to go kill Zelensky, and the Ukrainians issued um issued a even longer curfew to um scan Kiev for any um potential assassins who want to kill Zelensky or any more government officials that Putin has blacklisted. But the situation is um rapidly getting worse, and um within the next week or so, I would expect Ukraine to fall. I wouldn't expect Ukraine to last anymore, you know. But when this all first started, I wasn't—I'm not a, i am not wasn't expecting Ukraine to last a week, but I don't think they'll last another. And um, with the con, with the Russian convoy, 
um, move closing in on Kiev, I don't think things are going to be getting any better. And I think if you were in Ukraine, you should be using any, um, if you're a woman with a child, and you should get your you you should get you and your children out of there. And I feel sorry for those who have to leave their husbands in Ukraine to fight the Russians. And my deepest sympathies go out to those who have to leave their husbands behind, and other family members who are male who must stay and fight in Ukraine. My deepest condolences go out to all of you who have lost um, relatives in Ukraine due to the Russian invasion. But let me tell you this from an American. The, it, should Russia um, penetrate further into the NATO territory, our, um, the full force of our army and all of our, all of our NATO allies will push the Russians back to where they belong in Russia. And um, so I think that NATO won't, I don't think NATO will move in as of now, but should they go into a NATO country, then they will, there will be swift um, repercussions for them to pay. For them to pay. And I, I would foresee that NATO would push um, the Russians out of Ukraine should they invade a NATO country first. Then it's all, it's, it's all hands on deck at that point. And I think um, they would um, try and push the Russians out of Ukraine in a full-scale war. With a, and think about it. It's Russia. I know Russia's got a massive army. And um, Belarus... I don't think um, Lukashenko should be getting his should be getting um, Belarus's hands tied in um, to this conflict because Belarus Belarus is very tiny. You see, Belarus is very small. Russia is a monstrous country, like you would not believe, and it's still huge. Even since even though since the USSR um, collapsed um, thirty years ago, should I say thirty um, one years ago almost. Um, was a huge was a huge country even when it dissolved. Russia was still the largest. Russia is still the largest country in the world at this point. And the, so the and the Russian Federation has very um very good military might. Now they're facing serious resistance from the Ukrainian fighters, and I think you know as I read on Foreign Affairs, um the the Ukrainian um the Ukrainian army um you know Vladimir Putin. When he launched this invasion, he didn't just launch um, an offensive against the army of Ukraine. He launched an offensive against the people of Ukraine. And they're fighting back very hard. And I think Vladimir Putin should have thought very carefully before initiating this war. And of course, I think that he should not have initiated this period whatsoever. Because the Ukrainians are sovereign people with with a sovereign country with borders, with a government that's run very well. And they're trying their best to be a great democratic country and a western ally. They're trying their best. And they've been trying for 30 years. And they've had their independence for a long time. And I don't think they're ready to give this up. They, they, the Ukrainian people will never be ready to give up their independence from Russia. And they seem like they are willing to fight to the death to defend their native soil that they have claimed as their own 30 years ago. And they won't let Vladimir Putin take that from them. And um, there is a representative, Victoria Sparks, who now I would love that I, lo- I just had to give her a shout out out of respect for her and what her people are going through. She was born in Ukraine and um, some of her family members are still in Ukraine at this time during the during these dire times. And she is urging President Biden to give a stronger response and to send javelin missiles. And other missiles that the um, that the Ukrainians can use against the Russians, and whatever weapons they can hand them, and we need to get back to giving them arms shipment. We can't just be stick with sending them money. We need to send them weapons. Now we love we we now I know we here in America would um, love praying and sort supporting Ukraine, and they need all the prayers and condolences they can get. And but they also need firepower, and Biden needs to step up his gay game, and he needs to give these Ukrainians money, and he also needs to give more lethal aid. Everyone in the across this country that has support that supports this, um, the um, Ukra- the Ukrainian people need to step up and 
we also need to do our part to send lethal aid to our allies and our NATO partners. And our allies include Ukraine, Ukraine, which um, recently applied for citizenship in the United Nations. They uh, well, they applied for um, to join the European Union. I'm sorry, not the United Nations. My bad. But of course, this whole conflict was spurred because Putin was terrified that they joined the the, the um, they would join NATO. And um, while they haven't called for that yet because of their cry, their ongoing war. They decided Zelensky at the last minute decided to um call that they would try that once things got settled between them and Russia, that that they would join the European Union, which I would expect he's trying to offer um he's trying to um get some kind of protection from the um, Russians because you know it, those within the European Union are um you know tied by their economy and all that and that would make Ukraine be able to you know easily pay off the war the, the war and um try and re- repair the country after um it after in, in the event that Russia loses and they pull out which I don't foresee that happening with how stubborn Vladimir Putin is and I don't I really don't see um Putin giving up on the war, on, on his invasion because you know he's probably fuming, and he's probably fuming in the Kremlin, very angry, and he's probably about to lay down the real smack on the Ukrainians. And I really hope that they continue to hold out because it's brave of what Zelensky's doing um, for his country, for his countrymen and his countrywomen, and all the people that live in Ukraine. He's doing a lot for his country, and I certainly wish the president here would um, try and lead us better instead of pushing, instead of pushing all the stuff that he pushes. But Biden needs to realize that he that he is a wartime leader and he needs to start acting like it. He needs to send a lot of shipments to to the Ukrainians and he needs to help them out. You know, it's just like with Franklin. Um, it's just like with FDR and Churchill during World War Two. The Lindley, you know, Churchill tried to do whatever he can to try and bypass the um the act, saying that you know we couldn't offer any um aid to 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 um, our allies um in Europe. So, you know, he, you know, FDR had to, um, send, um, airplanes, um, American-made airplanes over, um, and supplies to the, um, to the Canadian, um, just south of the Canadian border, and he phoned Churchill and said, you know, well, you see, you could take, you could take, um, horses, now, nothing motorized, but you could take your horse, you could take your, um, your people in Canada and you could go across the we will let you cross the border and you can pick up and you can pick up the supplies um by horse nothing motorized um or else it violate the um or else it would violate um the recent law enacted at the time so you know Churchill was willing to uh, um to um you know call Roosevelt and get what he needed and Roosevelt was willing to um, kind of subvert the law just a little bit to try and help our allies because he saw that England was in dire straits that could, because all of Europe had virtually been occupied and it had truly turned into a bad situation for the British because they were about, they at the time, you know, in 1940, they were facing a, um, a, almost an imminent invasion, but the invasion never happened and Operation Sea Lion was called off by the Nazis and they called off the operation and they... Um, prioritized um, Operation Barbarossa, which would eventually lead to the downfall of the Nazi regime. It's a serious mistake they made, and a good thing they did make that mistake. But, but like I said, Biden needs to step his act. He needs to step up his A game, and he needs to start giving more lethal aid to the Ukrainians. Um, and we all know in the last administration with Trump, he was able, he he was giving aid. He was giving um, lethal aid to the Ukrainians, and he was helping to arm them. Now, a lot of people say that um, Trump had um, canceled a lot, canceled um, relief money for the Ukrainians. Now, I'm not sure about that. And they did try to, and, and we all remember during the um, impeachment back in 2017-2018, when they tried to impeach Trump um, about the whole Russia interference thing. You know, the, literally almost a year or two after he was in office. And then they were already trying to impeach him on um, allegedly false charges, the things that were not true. Um, and we, you may remember, President Zelensky at the time had said that 
um, Donald Trump did not pressure me into doing anything, you know, I was willing to work with him. And so it seems like Zelensky was willing to do whatever he could to um, keep good relations with the with the United States. So he was, you know, so he said that he was not pressured by Trump, and the Democrats kept kept using the whole oh he pressured the Ukrainians into doing this and that, and they they stirred up the whole storm of stuff um, to try and get Trump out of office and do the best they can to get him impeached and get and make make rounds to get another Democrat in the White House to start passing their radical agenda that they've been convinced is absolutely right and they have been convinced. That they have the absolute moral authority over everyone else and say, "You can't, you can't believe this. You can't believe that. You gotta believe what we say. We gotta, you gotta believe what we tell you, because what we tell you is the truth." And they, a lot of them act like that. But news is not like that these days. News is very biased these days. And these days, you gotta try and leave it up to your mind to, um, to as as to what the news is telling you. You gotta let you got you you gotta determine what you think in your mind, like what I try and do. I try and um, I try and take stuff from Fox News, the BBC, um, CNN, and all and um, MSNBC and the ABC. I try to take all these news stories and I try and put, put um and I try and take things in them that don't make much sense. But I try and take that and put that out there for you, and I leave that for you all to determine. And I try and um, and I try and formulate what I think is going to happen with this invasion of Ukraine and all and all the and, and other military endeavors that may be going on in the world and what I think's might what I think might happen, happen. Sorry, I messed up. But anyway, that's all I have for tonight. I know it was a long episode. I'm sorry. I had a lot. I had a lot to cover. I meant this to. Be, I meant for this to be brief. And I know I got to go to bed here in a few mo- in a couple of minutes here, but. Um, anyway, that's all I have for you all tonight, and, um, you all have a great evening, and, um, God bless those fighting in Ukraine, and hopefully they hold off against the Russians in these come in these dire coming days. My prayers go out to all those in Ukraine fighting the Russians, and as to all of you here in America, I wish you all a good night, and get some good rest.